I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Thursday. The undefeated Steelers against the higher-ranked Ravens. And this is history, the 25th time, and that's a record, these coaches are meeting in the Super Bowl era. Baltimore at home favored by three and a half over Pittsburgh. Patriots off three losses, thin at receiver. Belichick, what's he going to do? Betters are skeptical. Money coming in on Buffalo. Bill is now a four-point favorite over the Pats. Thursday night football, Carolina hosting Atlanta. Carolina favored by one and a half. That says these are even teams. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio with me, he's got folders a-flying. It's like somehow he went to Office Max and had a gift card that was going to expire. <laughs> Steve Fezzik. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. We're pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got plenty of NFL action kicking off this weekend and week eight in the NFL kicking off later on tonight. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? Yeah, but at the end of the hour, as we always do with our previews, we'll go over the Thursday night game, always the biggest games upcoming I want to start, though, talking about how to rebuild a team in the NFL. Another way to say it is how to build a champion, because we see some teams tearing it down and building it back up, and we see other teams, like the Cowboys, not sure what to do, not wanting to make that hard decision. And I believe the Carolina Panthers are a great example of a team doing it the right way. And the Carolina Panthers will be in action later on tonight, 8.20 Eastern time on Fox, to kick off week eight as they host the one-win Atlanta Falcons. Here's the question as a batter you always have to ask. What game are you playing? So, for example, something that befuddles people, they often will be upset and say, I can't believe it. But they don't understand the game. Here's an example the comeback player of the year. Is that about who the best player is amongst those who are coming back in a way? Eh, No. It's about the voting on that idea. Whenever there's a vote, for example, you're not betting on the truth. You're betting on the perception of truth by the voter. Okay. Here's an example. What is the Carolina Panthers playing tonight What are their goals for this season? If it's to win a Super Bowl, they're going to do things very differently than if the goal is 
to get good as fast as we can and be ready to win a Super Bowl. So if you think back to the 76ers and the process, and it was great marketing for Hanky to have it perceived as the process, at least initially, but then it became too popular and got too much focus. But what was he trying to do with that concept? It was say, guys, what's happening right now, if all you greatest buys wins and losses, you're making a mistake. We've got a bigger plan. We're playing a different game. Now, let's think of the NFL, because you could make the case, hey, it doesn't work in the NFL. There's only 16 games. You've got to win and win now. Well, Miami Dolphins. I don't hear a lot of Dolphins fans upset, but you know what? Mika Fitzpatrick is one of the best defensive players in the NFL. They traded him. Probably in hindsight, they wouldn't. Pittsburgh made the right decision, like the Steelers tend to in that case. But man, oh man, and Fez, you can tell me if you agree, the optimism for the Miami Dolphins amongst fans, amongst batters, in the midterm is outstanding. Not to mention a chance in theory to win it this year or at least win this year. I don't think they have a great chance to win it this year, but they could win the division. It's not crazy at all. Would you say, in general, the Miami Dolphins have a lot of optimism? Absolutely. So starting the season, Miami's season win number was only six. But it was that low largely because there was a feeling of, hey, they're going to go to two at some point. That's going to be a downgrade. This is a team building for the future. So a lot of talent, but uh, the markets didn't expect it to come together this year, but rather in the short-term future. So the fact that Miami is doing better than expected this year is, in a way, a bonus. It's a sign that the process the Dolphins are going through to rebuild is on a successful trajectory. But they would be making different decisions now, maybe even not starting Tua, if this year was the only goal. So imagine this scenario. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Imagine that they had a computer that knew it all, which they don't. No one does. And they looked at that computer and they said, okay, the output. Fez, do you do a computer voice? I, I mean, do not do a computer voice. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was no different than normal, but okay, that was a little different. That's Steve Fezzik. <laughs> not me. I'm RJ Bell. But the fact of the matter is, if you had that computer and it said the following, is Tua is going to be minus a point and a half his first game over Fitzpatrick and minus a point in game two, minus a half a point for game three and four and becomes even in game five and in game eight becomes superior. That generally doesn't sound that far off, does it, Faz? No, it doesn't. Okay. What should Miami do if Miami's decision or if the game they were playing, if the decision was based upon winning now and that's the only thing that matters? then they should play Fitzpatrick. I think most betters agree with that. But if the decision is about how to get good now but great quickly, it's get to a reps, practice. Remember, this is a left-handed quarterback. I think that people don't realize what kind of a change that is. The blind side is literally the opposite. It's like left becomes right, right becomes left. And that's why when you, you don't have any backup quarterbacks that are left-handed because they can't really back up a right-hander. And my guess is when Tua gets really solidified, they'll have a backup left-hander. It changes your entire team. 
That takes a while. And you know what? During the transition period, it's going to hurt you. But in the midterm to long run, it's going to help you. And the question is, what's the goal? The goal is for Miami to win and be a champion in the midterm. So they are literally deciding on lessening, decreasing their chance to win now in order to have a better chance to win later. And you know what? No one's complaining because it feels like they've got a plan and they're doing it. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Jonas, from your perspective, when you look at the Dolphins specifically, and we're going to transition to Carolina after, do you, as a fan, do you agree with, do you support their approach? Yeah, I do. And just look at the division. If you just want to make it easy, and, and if the first thing you have to do is conquer your division – whose future would you rather have in that division other than Miami right now? I mean, Buffalo could be in this moment in their window. And within the next couple of years, they got to make a decision on Josh Allen in the next year or two, what they want to do with him. And we know how that works. When you start paying that, that rookie quarterback, all that money, then you've got to pull from elsewhere. So Buffalo feels like they're in win now mode. New England's future is up in the air. The jets are a disaster and they're trading everyone. Miami feels like they're the only ones in that division. That's got a, clear direction and a clear idea where they want to go. And it was just 15 or 14 months ago that Miami was one of the worst teams in the history of football. I mean, entering the year, Fez, you had them as low as any team. Remember, this is almost shocking to recall the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, the Cowboys were a 20-point favorite in that range against the Dolphins. I think it was week three last year. So if you got the, that Cowboys team, that's one of the worst teams, if not the worst team, what, as bad as the Jets? Well, with Dominic DiNucci, that's a discussion. They were 20-point favorites over the Dolphins. Now, who would you rather be? Like, you, like mm. Jonas said, the Jets, no thank you. And Bills, maybe now, but midterm. But I tell you this, I know you don't want to be the Cowboys instead of the Dolphins. And there's real questions still with the Dolphins. Because right now, I would make the case, if we were redrafting, and we might play this game later, hmm. is, so start thinking on it, Jonas. If you were redrafting right now, knowing what you know, no extra knowledge, no chance to see Tua play another game, and it was Burrow, Herbert, Tua, I think the case could be made, and maybe a majority would say Tua goes last. Now, we can debate that, but man, oh man, the fact that that could be the case reasonably and still Miami looks so good and Fitzpatrick's trade really in hindsight was a mistake to the Steelers, their D-back. But you know what? All that, you can make a few mistakes if you got a plan. Miami has a plan and it's not about winning now. It's about winning later, at least if the choice were. They want to win in both, but if they have to choose, they're going to take the future. And you know what? That's the thing most people would say. We won't stand for it. Well, you will, most fans, if there's a plan. That brings us to Carolina. I'm R.J. Bo straight out of Vegas. I believe they are the sneaky, smart team right now in the NFL. I'm a big fan of their owner, David Temper, and he rose up through the most competitive vicious arena there is, hedge funds. Sports betting is a tough business, baby. 
but you got a lot of people that maybe went to Michigan or Northwestern competing against you there, Fez. But <laughs> in the hedge fund world, you got professors from Yale, Harvard, etc. It doesn't mean they're always the best, but you know what? They're pedigreed for a reason. And this guy was among the best of those best. And how has he approached Carolina? With a plan. Brought in a great coach, gave him a seven-year deal. Signed a, a, a running back. Maybe it feels a little big, but the contract ends at just the time the math says he's going to start dropping off. They're protecting him, by the way, McCaffrey. Doesn't look like he'll play tonight. Huh. I wonder if they were trying to win now really badly. Would he be playing tonight? Maybe. Mm. Maybe. But they've got a bigger plan. They've got a quarterback who, quite frankly, probably isn't in Bridgewater, the quarterback of the future. But he's a character guy. He's going to help build a culture. And he's going to be a face that helps you bridge from now to then. And that's the thing. You can't just say, keep believing me, trust the process. you got to show them something along the way. That's what the Sixers, it was all math for the Sixers. Carolina says, we're, we're, we're using math in the real world. And we know fans have emotions, so we give them McCaffrey. Even if it's slight negative expectation on contract, how much goodwill does it buy? And to me, the smartest math guys know how to integrate it into the world as opposed to just on a computer spreadsheet. And I think the Carolina Panthers have one of the most I'm the most optimistic about their midterm of any team in the NFL. Final thoughts, Fast. Yeah, no doubt. And Carolina's already exceeding expectations. Here's a team that's supposed to win five and a half games. That's their season win before the season started, already three and four. When we come back, I'm going to do that. We're going to do a draft. Right now, knowing what we know, Tua Herbert Burrow, what's Jonas going to do? That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will answer the question, which quarterback from the 2020 draft would you take moving forward? And we are going to force Jonas to actually give an answer. He can <laughs> him and haw. We're just going to wait him out. He's going to have to give an answer. It's a great day to join us. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. We thank you so much for that support. And we promise to make the effort to make this continue, I think, to be the best football season yet. By the way, speaking of that, on Twitter, I put this out uh, about an hour ago, at RJ in Vegas, is my the first time I've ever done this. My NFL power rankings. 1 to 32. Also, I've got every team listed offense, defense, and every team listed running the ball, passing the ball, defending the run, defending the pass, and for the math guys, a little Pythagorean delight. Mm. Yes. Fast <laughs> goes, mmm, my delicacy. <laughs> you can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. 
right here in Las Vegas, 80 degrees on the strip. The neon is pumping. So RJ with Tua set to make his first ever NFL start this weekend for the Miami Dolphins. The question becomes, where was he stack up in the Vegas straight out of Vegas draft and redraft of these quarterbacks taken in the first round of 2020? And here's the frame to this debate or decision. You don't know as much about Tua. What we know is that the collective IQ of the NFL world said Tua was better than Herbert and Burrow was better than Tua. Now, how much of Tua... And by the way, Jonas, you've seen the, the, the great movie Scent of a Woman with Al Pacino, right? Oh man, I remember. I he, have. Remember, he's the marine. He's a blind marine, and he goes. Uh, he was always go. Ooh That was like his kind of you know the marine saying. I haven't seen that one now. Oh wow, that's like hmm. that is such a that won the Oscar. I was like, it just shows you that generation gap. It was early <laughs> '90s. So Fez last night we were on the podcast we do once a week, and he was talking about Tua, but he kept saying. Tua. And it was like, what are you saying? <laughs> now, you, you think he might be cool trying to do... No, he thought it was pronounced. So you thought... How did you think it was pronounced? Tua. <laughs> I mean, like, who have you ever heard say it like that? I just think about trying to pronounce the last name. I get screwed up on the first. <laughs> so, so, so just you're so scared yes. of the last name that you just that's almost like, like blurt out the first one. Tua. What about Giannis? Does does the last name for Giannis uh, scare you, Fez? Or oh, he just says Greek free. Very okay, nice, Antitoko Umpo. <laughs> uh, you know, he he's got a computer helping him there. So what we know is we're straight out of Vegas. Is we don't know how good Tua is going to be. We got an idea about Burrow. We got an idea about Herbert. And this is the way life is. You have imperfect information, and sometimes you have to make a decision with less information, and you got to, that uncertainty is built in. So, Fez, we're doing the draft. Let's go three to one, Casey Kasem style. Who would be your third pick? And remember, this is Tua, Herbert, Burrow. Number three, Tua, just too much uncertainty about how he's going to perform with some good data on both the other quarterbacks. I'm sorry, what's his name? Tua. Okay. Tua. Number three. So we were tanking for Tua not that long ago, and now he's last. Yes. Who's number two? Number two, going to go Herbert. Herbert is two. Wow. And you grew up in the Dayton area, right? I did. (laughs) And you're a big, uh, I mean, you don't have fandom. I mean, you're a fan of Benjamin and Alexander Hamilton, and I'm not talking about any plays. But the fact of the matter is, you think Burrow is the guy to have. I'm going to put my stock in all the NFL draft experts. I understand. Well, but hold on a second. The NFL draft experts thought Tua was better than Burrow, except for the injury. The reality is that injury is no longer a concern. So if we want to go NFL draft experts, then maybe your third place pick should be number one. Well, the draft experts picked them fifth and sixth, so they're really close. Well, But what I'm saying is fifth and sixth. Herbert and Tua, based upon massive uncertainty about the health of Tua. Yes. Would we agree the fact they're starting him now at a time that feels premature, or Fitzpatrick was the seventh QBR, best QBR in the league, right? Yes. So to sit him means that we have no doubt Tua's healthy. Yes. So now that with that uncertainty removed, 
a lot of people, I mean, Jonas, wouldn't you say the consensus was, even with Burroughs, and we're just talking this very specifically, is if Tua were 100% healthy, no questions, he probably would have went over Burrow. Yeah, depending on who was picking. I always felt that Cincinnati was taking Burrow no matter what, but that was because only Because of the, the hometown connection. Yeah, it t- sells tickets, and that ended up not mattering this year because of what went down with COVID. But, yeah, if it was any other team picking at the top of the draft and Tua were healthy, I vast majority said Tua was the guy. So, Fez, your whole logic actually inverts your picks. Yeah, the the Tua being you're healthy. Not conv- you're not convincing me. I'm. I think you bring up a good point. The Tua is healthy now. I do think there are still some long-term concerns. Is he going to become injury prone down the road? I think that's still out there. Jonas, so Fezic, it, may, it might not be clear, but number one was Joe Burrow, his hometown boy. Mm-hmm. Number two, Herbert. Number three, Tua. Jonas. All right, do you want the Casey Kasem countdown or the Steve Fezzik You know, you're a professional broadcaster. I'm going to defer to you. All right, number three, I'm going to go Tua. I would take Tua third. And then number two, I'll go Burrow. And then I've got Herbert number one. Oh, we got a dispute. I tend to agree with Jonas. Now, let's be clear. This could be a complete different selection process decision in two weeks, literally two weeks, we could say, oh, we now see this in Tua. Perhaps Herbert turns the other. With this small sample size, it's so up in the air. But isn't it interesting that literally 12 months ago, we were tanking for Tua, or yeah, I guess. And at that time, Joe Burrow maybe would have been sneaking up to the second round because entering last year, fifth rounder was the consensus. And then in that short time, Burrow's number one on Fezzik's, number two on Jonas's. And I will say this, Herbert, I believe, in fact, I think it's certain, is the right pick here, and here's why. Herbert has all of the measurables like he was one of those almost Frankenstein like quarterbacks where you could say like well he was built you know uh almost like Marinovich way back in the day though not that extreme but the idea that oh his height prototypical his arm Mm. strength prototypical his mind a very bright mind prototypical but there's something missing that was the kind yes. of the narrative. Is it grit? Is it fire? Is it what? And you could just see a lifetime of the Veni Testaverde type. If only he could get it together, or Jeff George, or we can go back. I mean, we could make the case with, um, I mean, Trubisky to some degree, though not as prototypical. Um, I'm having a mental block. The Bear, I got him out of my mind. The Bears quarterback that uh, always had a frown on his face before. Jay Cutler. Cut, yeah. Yeah. Cutler, remember, <laughs> Cutler was taken, if I'm not mistaken, it was Shanahan still at the time, but taken by Denver, and they traded up for him. So, you know, this was a, and every year, it's like, finally, he wants to retire, and it's like, no, you're still 6'5", we still want you to try, and another stinker of a year. <laughs> yes. he, he, he packs his $22 million extra and walks away. I give him credit, but it felt like that could have been Herbert, and you know what? 
all those questions have been answered. Agreed. So now what you're left with is all of the characteristics, all of the traits, and he's proven it on the field. How can little hands burrow, little tiny flipper hands burrow, potentially compete with that? Wow, you know, maybe I'm just valuing that that draft way too much because a Herbert has been awesome, number 12 quarterback in QBR right now. And you've got Herbert higher than Burrow. Yeah, 15th. So think about that. One of them is better now, and the other one was supposed to be QB ready. So it's like if he's better already, Herbert, by the stats, and he's got better skills, why in the heck? And he's got a better organization. No doubt. One of the things, if you talk to somebody who says, I may have missed on Herbert, I didn't anticipate him being this good, is that that Oregon offense and the system that he was asked to play in, they were playing really outside of his strengths. And so nobody could get a really good gauge because they looked at it and said, oh, I don't know if that's going to work at the next level. He's got all the talent in the world. I'm not sure. And then he got to the Senior Bowl. And then when they saw him at the Senior Bowl, the thoughts of this may be the real deal at the next level started to pop up. So some of that was just the system at Oregon maybe not playing to all his strengths all the way around. I agree, Jonas. And I also think that's what makes drafting so interesting. Yeah. If you look at like Love and you could say his stats were horrible his last year relative to his year before, but it was like, oh, there's a new OC. There's a you gotta account for it. This isn't perfect information. If it was, you could just put it in a computer. And that's what's fun is when it's not purely objective, but there's some subjectivity. Here's the question. This is it. The culmination of this debate. Who would you rather have, Jonas? Faz, I think, has already backed off his burrow. Who would you rather have, Herbert or Kyler Murray? Oh, geez. Oh, um, look, his face. He's got, like, I'll consternation. Take, I'll take Herbert. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to go with Herbert. I mean, this is the guy that was MVP talk about. Yeah. I agree 100%. I mean, he's still 5'8". He's still 5'8". What do you think, Fez? I'll take Murray. And I just think he can do so many things that most quarterbacks can't. And maybe I'm a little biased having just watched him single-handedly beat Seattle. But he's playing great. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tease this for the next. When does Clemson play Notre Dame this week or next week? I'm not following uh, colleges. As, I, I think it. In my, uh, I think it's later on. I don't. Believe you can tell this is an NFL show right here. Now, what? What? I'm, November seventh. It, it is November seventh. Okay, so next week. All right, I'm going to tease this for next week. Is next week I'm going to make the case that everybody is wrong about. The Clemson quarterback. I truly believe this is, and it's so funny. I heard Tannenbaum, the former Jets GM, on one of the Ringer podcasts, and he was talking about how, yes, he remind you know tre- uh, Trevor Lawrence reminds me of Andrew Luck, and I'm like, is that supposed to be good or bad? Because he was making it out supposed to be good, and then he actually mentioned Vinny Testaverde. It's like. I'm not sure you're making the case you want to make right here because one of those guys that's got all the tools but mm, feels like something's missing. You might say, RJ, what do you think's missing? If you look at his stats against the good teams, ooh, not good. But we'll get into it with a lot of detail. Fez and I are going heads up. He's taking the Ravens. I'm taking the Steelers. 
Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. I think Mr. Dan Byer was anxious to hear the Raven Steelers heads up. That was a great news. I mean, it was crisp, baby. <laughs> Michael Buffer it for us there, Jonas. Raven All Steelers. Right. All right. So it is a battle in the AFC North this weekend. It's the Steelers at the Ravens. And right now on pregame.com, as we gear up for another edition of Crossfire, it is Baltimore minus three and a half. When you hear that music, you know Fezzik's doom is just around the corner. I'm going to let him go first. All right, I like Baltimore in this game. When the season started, Baltimore was supposed to win 11.5 games, Pittsburgh 9.5. So Baltimore was clearly the better team. In the summer line, Baltimore was— How many were the Cowboys supposed to win? Ten. Okay. And the summer line on this game was That's Baltimore. Not you off, is it? Was Baltimore minus seven? It might. So what has Baltimore done so far? I'd say they've met expectations. They're four, really. They're four and two. Re- really interesting. So expectations was to have the greatest embarrassment of any. I mean, they were embarrassed unlike any Super Bowl contender. What is the worst loss of a Super Bowl contender this year? Baltimore, okay, getting destroyed but, by Kansas, even though they only lost by 14. And their most recent game, correct me if I'm wrong, the Eagles had a two-point conversion to tie them. Yes, hung on that, to win. That was meet expectation. Okay, now we know what that means. Well, they're four. They have four well, wins well, by double digits, easy covers. Well, that's what they do. Well, easy covers, really. What was the Washington line? They won by 20. Uh, oh, 20 was it? I think you may want to look. They won by 14, met expectations. Oh. Well, what was it? Hold on a second. McKenzie, what was the line on that game? Close 14. Okay, so they don't meet expectations. Meet expectations mean that you've done what you're supposed to do. Did they get paid? Did they cover? Nope. If you bet on them, you did not get any money That's for it. That's a good it. point. Three, two, and one. So, so everything you're saying is just getting dismantled. Three, two, and one against the spread. So I don't think we should be downgrading. Them. Except lo- every loss and every win is not created equal. I agree with that. They, but all their wins have been by 14 or more points. Yeah, because they beat up on bad teams. Yes. What's their most impressive win? Cleveland. Oh, wow. I mean, against Baker? No way. Continue. All right. Now, Pittsburgh, they're 6-0. and You want to just give up? No, that comes after your rebuttal. <laughs> uh, and Pittsburgh started out with three games that weren't all that impressive. Beat the Giants by 10, Denver by 5, Houston oh, yeah, by going 7. Going on the road on Monday night and just winning in a game in which there's no chance they could have lost. They just had the game from start to finish. is not impressive enough for you. But somehow the Eagles against the Ravens was. Go ahead. So, bottom line is, I've upgraded Pittsburgh, but I've only upgraded them two points from the beginning of the year, and maybe that's no, where everybody, my mistake Everybody is. understands that yes. you think this. Telling us about your upgrade doesn't tell us anything. Why? Because Explain to me why Pittsburgh isn't being upgraded significantly. Because I'm a big believer in the Pittsburgh off or the defense that's playing at a really high level, mm-hmm. but Big Ben, who I expected to be improving week after week, he's gotten slightly better, but he's still not meeting my expectations of what I want to see. judging you. I mean, is what the Steelers are doing is insufficient. The only team in the NFL, the only team that's undefeated, that's not good enough for you. Big Ben only has to do better. He's still number 23 in QBR. Well, I I understand that I taught you about QBR, but it's like the idea, maybe you should, it's not about how good the quarterback is, it's about how good the offense is. And how good is Pittsburgh's offense? 
13, 12, 11. And what's been the trend line on the Pittsburgh offense? Up, because Claypool has really messed well with So when you well look at the Big season ben. stats, they actually are disadvantageous to Pittsburgh's offense. Yes. Because they're getting better. Yes. And even with the season stats, you've got about the 12th best offense and maybe the second or third best defense. Yes. So... If you look at the Ravens, the Ravens have a worst offense statistically and a worst defense. Correct or not? Yes. So you're saying home field advantage is one and a half at this point. The Ravens are laying four, but somehow you're going to lay four with the worst offense and the worst defense. And with Harbaugh off a bye, so good spot for Baltimore. That's that's what you got your hanging your hat on. I've got the better offense, the better defense the undefeated team, and you've got Harbaugh's off a of bye. <laughs> I think the nation knows what to do. Jonas, you should have called th- – it should have been like a Rocky Ford throwing the towel. I mean, I did, I'm not going to say if he dies, he dies, but I could. I mean, he's been – Fez has been red hot in his, on his seven picks lately, last two I weeks. Know. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to rattle him a little bit. When we come back, Thursday Night Football – you got a bet on the prop or the game? Prop. Prop, best bet. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, week eight in the NFL kicks off in about 90 minutes from now. It's an NFC South battle, the Falcons at the Panthers. And right now on pregame.com, Carolina, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. You can have two pieces of information on a game, two factors that point in opposite directions. That's what we have here, Faz. On one hand, the Atlanta Falcons, in your opinion, are underrated. Why? Because Atlanta's record is 1-6. But amazingly, RJ, Atlanta had three games at the end of the game. They had a 96%-plus chance of winning, and they e- lost each all of the games. three. Each, each of, the of the games. 99% against Dallas and it's just crazy that they lost all three of those games. This team really should have at least three wins, yet they're sitting at one and six. Okay, so there's a concept called the Pythagorean wins, which says if you look at your margin of victory, how many games should you have won and your margin of defeat? And of all the teams in the NFL, the Falcons have the most plus wins that they should have had. Actually, exactly 2.0 is what the Pythagorean method says. So I agree, Atlanta underrated. But you believe Carolina also underrated. Yeah, Carolina underrated because let's talk continuity. In a COVID year, we we explained how early in the year we want to go against teams with new coaching staffs, new quarterbacks, and a turnover of starters. And that's exactly what we had across the board with Carolina. So Carolina starts 0-2 straight up and against the spread. Since then, with more continuity, they're playing much better 4-1 and against the spread. And you think the current market is accounting for them blending their whole season stats? Yes. And that's the thing. NFL is a short season, so it's hard to start to chop up the season. But when you have a clear trend line, you have to take it seriously. I also believe this. The whole Raheem Morris upgrade, I don't think it exists at this point. You know why? 
because he screwed up against the Lions. <laughs> yes. Whatever you want to say about the running back going in, Gurley, they didn't need to run the ball. It was a mistake. Fez, you have a best bet on a prop. 45 seconds. Go. Julio Jones over 75 reception yards. I love this Ooh. prop over, and here's why, RJ. Julio's been averaging 93 for the year. But he played two games where he was compromised with a hamstring injury. Isn't he still compromised? No. His last two games, he got 97 and he got 137, and he looks fully at 100%. And I don't believe the odds makers are taking that into consideration. Julio over 75 pass yards. Okay, I'm skeptical. He seems to be hurt all the time. And maybe the wind ends up blowing in a way that upsets him or makes his hamstring hurt. I will say to favor your over on Julio, the weather was supposed to be questionable. The total now, the weather's cleared up, and the total's up to almost 50, well, 52 in some spots. So, in general, the weather isn't the concern we thought coming in, so more scoring is likely. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are back tomorrow for a full NFL preview on a Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 